friends, welcome. This is it. We have over a decade of episodes unpacking stories and life to help you discover your purpose, your divine design, and what you are wired to do. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt. Please subscribe on YouTube or subscribe to Girlfriend It so we can be in it together. Well, welcome. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt, and I will be your host today. And we have a great show ready for you. We're going to have tons of fun because our guest today, she's the founder of Idaho Writers, where she teaches aspiring authors how to write their own book. But she's also the author of a new release called Husband Audition. So welcome, Angela Ruth Strong. How are you today? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Yes, yeah, so so we've had this plan for a while now, Angela, and uh, then you kind of had this COVID scare, so we went into it. Um, I had a couple other girlfriends on, and we talked all about just the funny aspect of how do we audition our husbands, and um, we went and found that article that you kind of dove into with the list. Uh, which is just just hysterical when, oh when my you gosh, look at that yeah. list. Oh my word! But we we finally came to the conclusion that there was a lot of things on that list that made a lot of sense. So I want to hear your story and how you uh, found that list and kind of move forward. So with that, go ahead and hit it. And you have you have a whopping twenty seven minutes to tell your entire story. <laughs> All right. Well, Husband Auditions came from that list that you saw that was written in the 50s in McCall Magazine. And it had crazy things on it, like sniffle in the corner, you know, um, pretend a trip so somebody can pick you up. And um, I just had the thought, what if somebody tried that today? Like, how would these things go across today? Because a lot of them were old fashioned. And so I was at a writing conference. And we were just sitting around and I shared my idea and I, I just started going through the list and everybody was laughing hysterically and saying, oh, yes, she should sniffle in the corner. Oh, yes, she should, uh, you know, try to lasso a guy. And and I was like, I can't not write this. This is too funny. <laughs> yeah. So with the title Husband Auditions, that comes because I have three roommates who all met in film school in Portland, Oregon, which is where my son's going to film school right now. So that's been kind of fun. Um, so the, uh, the whole idea of auditions just came from the idea that they're making films and, they're, you know, casting the role of your husband, finding the right mate um, that's going to click with you and not just be able to walk down the aisle, but spend the rest of your life with you. And uh, so that's where it came from. Though I have to say my husband was a little skeptical every time I'd mentioned husband auditions he'd be like wait what and I'm like no no honey it's the title of my book <laughs> well it, so it is funny when you when you do that because I put that out on Facebook like how how to audition for a husband and I'm always curious because some people take it literally and I've been married for over 30 years and I know you know people have to look at that and go oh my gosh did something happen to Patty <laughs> is, she, <laughs> is she out there auditioning for new husbands now so you, it is funny uh the the verbiage so tell back up and tell us a little bit of your story so you're married right now Yes, I've been married 10 years now, 
but I was married 10 years before to another man and uh, we st- we had three kids together and it was, I'd been writing. I stayed home with the kids through, you know, elementary school and I was writing on the side and I had just sold my first romance novel when he left. And at mm-hmm. that point I was like, why am I writing romance novels? Romance is a fairy tale. This is ridiculous. And I actually quit writing romance for a while. And then through that time, God just really romanced me and healed my heart. And this, 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 the way that he loved me and showed me I was loved was so sweet. I would get um, flowers on Valentine's Day from my former in-laws. And my publisher sent me chocolates. And I got tickets to the Heart Ball um, for free, which were normally $250 a piece. And I was broke at the mm-hmm. time. And I was like, only you, God. And he just took such good care of me. And then I met uh, Mr. Strong, Jim Strong. And um, and dating was a lot different in your 30s than it was when you're in college. So going through all that, I, I, I love love stories. And they can't be love stories without God because God is love. But also I want to use my stories to show what are healthy relationships because there are a lot of romance novels out there that are not so healthy. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what happened? So you met your first husband in college. Yeah. Um, Cause I I'm dealing with that right now. I have a daughter in college and there are all things I want to get married. And it's funny because, you know, there was a time where 20, 21 years old to marry was not young. And now we have a tendency to go, Oh no, 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 don't, don't do that. <laughs> so your three kids, would you recommend getting married younger or what What are your thoughts on this? I don't think it's about age so much as maturity and having a healthy heart. And I do have three kids in college right now. And one of them is in a relationship and talking about um, getting married down the road, um, which I love that, you know, they want to do that, that because going through a divorce, I was afraid they might be afraid of relationships, mm-hmm. afraid to fall in love. Um, so I'm glad that she's in a good place with that. Uh, what I learned from um, studying relationships and, and getting myself healthy is that we all have heart issues. Um, and it's kind of like a, a bottle of water that looks pure and it's not till it's shaken up that the sediment rises up and it's all icky. And so that's the same with our hearts. I mean, we might look like we're healthy, but then when, um, life shakes us around a bit, whatever ickiness we have in our heart rises up. And so we need to be the kind of people who say, yes, I see that ickiness and I'm going to work on that. I, I don't want that in my life anymore. Um, and so those, that ickiness is kind of like the, you know, the seven deadly sins of, of uh, selfishness, pride, jealousy, laziness, those kind of things. And that's really what I deal with in this story is I have a lazy hero. Mm. Hmm. So Which you don't see very often in romance. You don't you don't have lazy heroes. You have the men who want to step up and save the day. But I do think that in our culture and our society right now, there's a lot of entitlement and there's a lot of people, not just men, but men and women who um don't want to do the work. And um that's not gonna bring anybody into a healthy relationship. Right. Yeah. And it is interesting when you say that, because even looking at the shows, uh, 
I, we've gone and, and I'm all about empowering women. So I hope people hear this the correct way, but it seems as though when you're watching movies and watching TV, it's the woman that's always the hero now. And they're the ones mm. that are saving the day. And it's the husband or the male. That's just the goofball that needs help and needs saved and needs protected. <laughs> and they're the, they're the ones that say the stupid things. And we've done this paradigm shift and you you want the those healthy relationships to go no it, it is an, an equal partnership here moving forward and have you noticed that yes definitely yeah a lot of sitcoms mostly I mean there's still the action movies where the guys are the heroes with the guns and everything but yeah a, a lot of times in the comedy the man is the lazy one the, the goofball like you said yeah, well, I've even noticed in the movies now, it's the the women that are coming through, you know, being the the agents, the secret agents. They're the ones that are, um, it, I don't know. I've just seen like every time I'm turning the shows on, I'm like, oh, here's another one where, you know, she's the females coming in to save the day, which is awesome. Uh, but it it's, seems like it's kind of swung the other way. I was just with my daughter at Hobby Lobby yesterday. And there was um, a picture, you know, framed that said, a uh, boy, it, it, something about boy, boys are made for adventure. And my mind went with, well, girls are made for adventure as well. And, and I thought, okay, it's even working on me because I was immediately offended. Like, okay, it's not just boys that are made for adventure. <laughs> it's like, Nobody said that they that girls weren't made for adventure, Patty. So I just it kind of um, I have a car that if you uh, move to the another lane and you don't turn your blinker on, it shakes you up. I mean, literally like wakes you up. And yeah, uh, that's what I I had happen where it's like you're moving into the other lane. It's like, whoa, you know, you're starting to even think that way. And you have to really be aware of um, your thought process. And I think that's really easy to do. Like if we've got burned on one side, it's really easy to miss that middle lane and just swing way over to the other side. And I like to think of, um, I mean, so much of life is a balance between like, like I talk about God being love. I feel like that is the perfect balance between truth and mercy. And I think as humans, we always are going to fall on the one side or the other in this, this delicate balance. And I think that's why it's so important to follow God is he's going to pull us into the center and help us, you know, not to demonize somebody else or not to make them the hero either, but to keep our eyes focused on God. And there's a scripture in the Bible that says, um, he widens my path so my ankles do not turn. And when mm. Jesus talks about the narrow road, I think it's right down the center. And so often we're falling off one side or the other and just hanging on to Jesus is going to, you know, bring us back in, into alignment and balance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you, what, what encouragement and tips do you give your daughter as she's moving forward, talking about marriage? Well, you were mentioning earlier about um, the women being the hero. And I think that can be very codependent where one person's doing all the work and it needs to be about, um, you know, I can't fix you. You can't fix me. 
but we can stay in the light and draw the other person into the light. So rather than joining them in the darkness just to have a relationship with them, which is what we see in codependency, we say, no, this is where I'm going to stay. This is where I'm going to grow. And if you want a healthy relationship with me, you have to join me over here in, in the light. Hmm. So how does one do that? Because you can say it, right? Right. Like you have to join me over here in the light, but then you keep going back in that direction and you kind of become the hero. Like I'm going to save you here. I'm going to, you know, they feel like I'm going to create this person that I want, that I, you know, want to spend the rest of my life with. So I will change you. Um, so how do you set those, those boundaries? And, and let's say, especially in, in a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. It's much harder than it is to do it than it is to say it. Um, the best, the best advice I ever got from my counselor is he said that for two people to be in a relationship together, they have to be in relatively, um, similar areas of emotional health with, and then when one person grows, just imagine like two fingers with a rubber band around those fingers. So when one person grows, that's going to create tension. And one of three things has to happen. Either the person who's unhealthier is going to have to move forward into health or the person who's healthier is going to regress going back towards unhealthy to, to get rid of that tension between them or the unhealthy person's going to leave. And so especially in relationships where women are, um, well, I'm, I'm saying women because that's who I talk with, but where women are are uh, being abused or not treated right and they think the answer is to leave, my answer is no, the answer is to grow. You grow healthier, you get closer to God, you make choices that are going to be better for you and for them. And then you invite them to grow along with you. And some people, I've heard some people refer that to that as manipulation, like setting the boundary, like, I'm going to go to church on Sunday. You can join me if you want, you know, kind of thing. They're saying that's manipulation. But manipulation is when you're not, not focused on doing what's best for the other person. So in stepping into the light, you're doing that out of love. You're doing that because you want more for them. You're doing it because you know there's more for them, and that is real love. When you just let them, um, you know, get drunk every night or just enable them to do things that are unhealthy for them, that's not love. Mm, mm. So so let's p- kind of pause in that place right there. Uh, why do you think women can change something about a man once they are in the relationship. I mean, I, I I know we know this, but yet we don't know it. You know, it's like we we know the words like, oh, OK, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, you hear it all the time. You can't change um, the person. You can only change how you react towards that person. But what do you think? Wh- why do you think we get this ideal mindset of no, 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 no. I, I especially when you're younger, I am going to change them to be that that wonderful heroic, you know, man that I'm going to marry. Yeah, I think that has to do with enabling as well, where rather than I control me, you control you, it becomes I control you because you control me. Like I have to get you to do what I want 
so that I can be happy. And, and that's enabling. When, but when you come from the place of, no, I'm going to choose to be happy. I'm going to do what's best for me. And if you make choices that end our relationship, I'm going to be okay. If you make choices that hurt you, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to still love you, but your choices are not going to affect who I choose to be. And, and so how did this affect you? And the reason I'm going back to your other relationship is I, I think there's a space that really helps people um, when we talk about how you were able to, uh, you know, un- unfortunately you got a divorce, but sometimes that is the only path in, in where you can see yourself going. What happened in your situation that you finally chose that? In my situation, it was um, he'd had a couple of affairs, and and he, he was at the point where you know wavering, like I'm going to leave you, I'm not going to leave you, you know, which is so hard to deal with, like so yeah. frustrating. Um, and then it got to the point where he said, "I only see our relationship working if we move." So if we'd moved, he would have gotten his fresh start. I would not have been surrounded by support. It would have had to be a secret. Um, And so I could have kept my relationship with him, but it wouldn't have been healthy and it probably wouldn't have even lasted. So in that place, I said to him, I'm only going to move if that's God's will for me. And I said, and God hasn't told me that yet. So it didn't become about doing what he wanted. It became about doing what God wanted. And then that gave him the opportunity to choose whether he was going to do what God wanted or not. Now, is he a believer? Yes. And how did you find out about the affairs? Um, Well, there was one before that, you know, I thought it rocked my world. It hurt. But in that point, he was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And so I thought that it had brought us closer together. I thought it made us a stronger couple. And we were actually um, in training to become marriage mentors at our church. So it was Mm -hmm. a real shock to me when all of a sudden he kind of like did an about face and I was trying to figure out what was going on. And um, it was my, my youngest daughter's kindergarten graduation and he didn't show up for the graduation. And mm. so I said, well, we're, I'm going to take you um, to dad's office so you can show him your diploma. And so I, called him and I was like, we're coming down. So, um, Lauren can show you her diploma. Um, and he said, well, don't come up. I'll just come down. And he'd never done that before. I'd always gone up into the office. And so I started wondering, is there someone up there that he doesn't want me to see? Because just things just weren't making sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that night over the phone, when he called and he said he was going to be late coming home, I told him my thoughts. I was like, it made me think there was someone in your office that you didn't want me to see. And at that point, he said, well, there is someone. But he didn't He didn't tell me the whole extent of it. He said, there is someone. Um, but we've set up boundaries. Like, like, he made it sound like he was being a good person, like, mm-hmm. you know, temptation. But, but um and so it wasn't. So that was how I started to find out. And that, that really shook me. Um, so I knew there was someone and then somebody else knew as well. And they said to me, Angela, I, if I want to tell you something, but I don't know if you should, if I should. 
And I was thinking she meant that, you know, there was someone else. And I said, no, I know, I know. And she said, you know about, and she said the woman's name. Um, and that's how, <laughs> that's how I found out that there was a lot wow. more going on. It wasn't what I'd been told. Yeah. And that woman was actually right there at that, at the moment. And I, um, I went over her and kind of confronted her a little bit. So. <laughs> and did she, nice. did she admit to it? When you confronted um, her? No, she, she said, um, pretty much you don't know what you're talking about and I'm going to pray for your, your marriage. Yeah. That's really hard when people spiritualize it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. So this happens. How long would you say from knowing about this to then the divorce like did, did you feel like okay I I have to now go into marriage counseling and we need to work this out or do you get to a point where it's like okay this this is enough um well after his first affair I said if this happens again it's over like I've set that boundary and so I went into my counselor and I said I told him if this happens again it's over so now I have to divorce him I didn't want to. I didn't want to be a single mom. I still loved him. And uh, and the counselor said, well, it doesn't have to be over. I said, he said, we could all meet together. And um, so there was a point where he started coming to counseling and confessed everything that I know of and, uh, and said, you know, you're the best thing that ever happened for me. I want to work this out. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes for however long it takes. Um, but that only lasted about a week. So, so I, then I did, and I didn't want to file the for divorce. I am the one who filed, but he, at that point he'd uh, moved out and was living with his girlfriend and, um, and the house was in his name. So he was threatening to have the kids and I kicked out. And that's when my counselor said, well, if you file for divorce, then he can't kick you out because nothing can change. And so I kind of did that just as protection for me and the kids. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So what is your relationship like with him right now? Well, my baby just graduated, so um, we haven't had to talk to him much lately, but it, it, um, it became a war over the kids. It became, yeah. Um, yeah. So really the kids, the kids were the ones who were the, the victims of it all. Yeah, yeah. And and does he still keep a relationship with them now? Yes, yes. They they are very yeah. close with him. He's a lot of fun. I always compare him to like a Jim Carrey type, you know, like he's the life of the party. So yeah, they yeah. they adore him. Yeah. Um well, that's a beautiful thing for them to still be able to have that relationship with their dad because like you said, they do become the victim and it's really hard I would imagine to be in that situation and still treat him with respect and honor him for your kids when there's a lot of, of woundedness that's that's taking place when you're not out for when you don't have each other's back. That's that's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard for the kids when they hear two opposite stories from two people that they both love and respect. Yeah. And and 
I think they're at the point where they don't want to know the truth. They don't want to know who's telling the truth. They just want to love us both and think that there's two sides to every story. Um, so that's that's pretty much where they're at. Yeah. But and they've all, eventually... Go ahead. Well, um, they they're very... I'm so proud of my kids. They're doing so well. Um, I went through cancer a couple years ago and mm-hmm. my daughters are both CNAs. And so they're just natural caregivers and just the way my kids stepped up for me then. Mm. Yeah. That actually brought a lot of healing. Yeah. Oh, Angela. I can't <laughs> imagine. That, that's crazy what, what you have have gone through and yet you write these books that are full of humor so that must be I, know. Another... I was like we're supposed to be talking about a funny book and here I am like starting to cry <laughs> yeah know, you know it is interesting is really you and I were talking more and we were like what what do we want to bring out of this episode and I don't yeah. know how that happened but we went into this like complete <laughs> other space which is good right that I I think it's truly meant God intended it because your words are going to help somebody today and um I love that and thank you for sharing that uh just opening your heart to what you had to go through and I, I think when we hear this it it just helps us to go okay there is hope and I can get through it. And there is, you know, you just have to walk through the mud sometimes. So yeah. we only have two minutes left, Angela. And and our bottom line here, I, I just want to say, what what would it be? What would be your tip for today um, for, for women out there as they're dealing in their relationships? What would you give them? Yeah, what I clung to is what the Shunammite woman said in the Bible when her son had died and she was going in search of Elijah. I don't know if you know that story, but on her way, everybody was asking her, what's going on? Are you okay? And she said, everything is all right. And she just continued to search for the man of God who could um, connect with God for her. And she just went straight to the source. So whatever's going on in your life today, it's it may be awful. It may not be fun, um, but you can claim everything is all right as you seek God because everything will be all right. It's about him being there for you when nobody else is. Mm, that That's a beautiful story. And that's a story I haven't heard in a long time. So thanks for that refresher course. <laughs> no, pulling yeah. up some of those, those unique stories that we don't always go to in the Bible. Uh, so yeah, our tip for today, just like Angela said, uh, just love and respect and pray for your spouse or your future spouse. And a happy marriage takes quite a bit of work from both partners. And we just want to thank you all for listening today. Uh, please subscribe to Girlfriend It or Google Podcast or iTunes. And with that, we are going to have Angela on another episode uh, next week. So we hope that you stay tuned and listen to her funny stories about (laughs) husband auditions. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Girlfriend It, because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.